2: All right, Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening, and thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche, and like always, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar over at BuiltBar.com. Enter the promo code LOCKEDON in the checkout and receive $10 off your first order. So today, it's Friday, Fan Friday, we're going to have Kyle Sullivan back on the show, and we are going to discuss a number of things, Uh, we're going to obviously talk about hockey coming back, what it means for the Avalanche, what he's looking forward to, any specific matchups he's looking forward to, I think we're going to get into the award season, and which Avalanche players deserve specific awards, or if they don't deserve specific awards, why not? And we are absolutely going to dive into the Max Kellerman quote and uh, kind of dissect that. And uh, kind of just, we're going to not go overboard and and, and have our anger and rage come out. We're going to have a nice, calm, quiet discussion. Maybe not quiet, but calm discussion about the comments Max Kellerman made on his first take show about the NHL. And if you haven't heard it, if, you, if you're an NHL fan, you probably have heard it. Uh, but if you haven't, we're definitely going to talk about that. So all of that is coming up right around the corner. If you want to be on this show for the Fan Friday segment, drop me an email at lockedonavalanche at gmail.com or get a hold of me on Twitter, and underscore Avalanche. And follow on Instagram, just search for Locked on Avalanche. But if you want to get a hold of me, Twitter or email is probably the easier of the two. Um, And that's it. So let's get right into the Fan Friday segment. Kyle Sullivan. All right. Welcome back. Locked on Avalanche podcast. And with me yet again is a big fan of the show and newly anointed Mile High Sticking contributor, Kyle Sullivan to the show. How are you today, Kyle?
3: What's going on, Chris? How's it going?
2: I'm doing great. So yeah, man. Like you you are now writing about the Colorado Avalanche, are you not?
3: That is correct. I am uh, the newest contributor with Mile High Sticking. Uh, That's right. My first article hey. went up last weekend.
2: And one should be coming up. I mean, this is coming out. Barely. We're, we're recording this on Thursday night, but, you know, so this would be out Friday. Is one coming out Friday or the weekend?
3: Uh, it should be either Friday or the weekend. Yeah, I got okay. one coming up.
2: And do you want to give a little taste of what that one is going to be about
3: um the um coaching history and where Bednar fits into it
2: which is a really it's a really really good discussion because and we've been we were talking about this not that long ago uh and, and as successful as the avalanche has have been uh coaching wise you would think they'd have a coach that would stick around for a little bit longer than anyone like longest tenured has because what next year Bednar is going to be the second most tenured or or highest tenured coach?
3: Yeah, we are looking at Bednar being by the end of his contract. I think it'll be the 2021-22 season. He will be the longest tenured head coach,
2: which and is is crazy to think about. You don't really think about that.
3: No, and especially with the with the long history that we have and the cups and the Hall of Famers that we had. You would think we would have a more longstanding relationship with coaches and more of a established coaching base. But, um, I detail a little bit in the piece, the rise and the fall of a lot of these coaches, it just really comes out of nowhere and how Bednar is kind of on a different traje- uh, trajectory, um, mm-hmm. when it comes to like Bob Hartley and Crawford. Um, and these are names that you don't hear about much anymore either. Um, we don't talk about our old coaches. You never hear people talk about it. So I wanted to shed sure. some light on what the coaching history looked like from when we became the Avalanche since we're looking at 25 years next year. Um, talk about a little bit of the coaching history and where Bednar stacks up because he's about to be our longest tenured coach. So That's crazy. We got to see it's where crazy. he stacks up.
2: Yeah, really really good topic because, yeah, when you think about the Avalanche, you you think about the players before you really start thinking about – any of the the coaches. So uh, looking forward to that one. Definitely. Um, All right. So I kind of, I was trying to hold off on this. I was going to maybe do it a little bit later, but I just can't. And normally, I mean, I want to start it with something more avalanche related. And I feel like we did just with that whole talk about Bednar and the coaches. So I really want to get into this Max Kellerman nonsense. Uh, Yeah, because (sighs) It's, it's just once again, kind of hockey getting like, I don't want to say like getting the the shaft, but just getting, uh, yeah, I just feel like hockey gets, that gets, you know, crapped on a lot of times by people who are kind of like uneducated about it. And, and this is a perfect example of that. And if you have not heard the comment, um, Max Kellerman was on his first take show and I don't even know what they were talking about in general, because if you look at the, 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 the clip, the video clip on the the lower third on the bottom is talking about baseball and I think basketball. So I'm assuming they're talking about when, you know, those sports are coming back would be my guess. Cause the only thing I heard was the actual like 25 second clip. And he basically says, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, which right off the bat, when you say that you're about to hurt somebody's feelings,
3: Yeah, you're um, teeing it up.
2: Right. <laughs> But in the United States of America, nobody cares about hockey. The old joke is every town has 20,000 hockey fans because they all have season tickets. The arenas are always sold out, but the TV ratings don't do anything. It's not one of the four major team sports. And this has, you know, rightfully so, kind of gone through the coals with social media. Um, and even his co-workers, Linda Cohn, has come out and kind of shunned him and said, what are you talking about? Obviously, a lot of people in the hockey world, uh, writers, analysts are, you know, coming to the defense of hockey, rightfully so. Um, I, I don't understand someone who, first of all, just the arrogance on what and on how he says it as like, it's so matter of fact, the way that he comes across it, like, of course, like everybody, nobody cares about hockey in the United States. <laughs> just I don't like the, the the tone that he struck with it. And I, I, it's, it's a terrible thing to say about any sport because there's any sport you can pick. There's fans of that sport. You cannot say across, you know, and make a sweeping comment and says, nobody cares about sport. I don't like, like soccer. I'm not a soccer fan, but I understand it's, it's the most popular sport on the planet. It's just not that popular in the United States. So because it's not popular in the United States, do I say everybody hates soccer? No. There's some diehard soccer fans, and some of them are are close friends of mine. So I'll turn it over to you. What was your first reaction when you heard that? And anything else you wanted to say about it?
3: Yeah. um, The first time I saw the clip and I heard what he said, um, it really felt like he was just shooting from the hip, trying to drive home a point and really did not have the facts to back it up. Um my reaction to it I immediately deleted the ESPN out. Like that I love. <laughs> I've been, yeah, I've, no, I've, I no, I I won't I won't stand for that. So, and it's I mean no, I I'm, I am especially being from Alabama, like that stigma of hockey down here in the South, like nobody watches it, but yet these are the same people that every uh when the Winter Olympics come around, everybody's watching curling and it's the greatest thing ever. But like it's, it's that you can't speak out of both sides of your mouth. Like you're not watching curling all year long, but when it comes around, everybody's hyped for it. And if the NHL didn't have viewers, we wouldn't be around a hundred (laughs) years. Right. (laughs) I mean, we're not a flash in the pan. We're established. We have more franchises in the United States than, like, if you want to say it's a Canadian sport and nobody watches it here, we have more franchises here and organizations in the United States. Like, it has a huge, passionate fan base. Like, he was firing off the hip and trying to drive a point, but it really blew up in his face and you can scroll through Twitter, everybody's got something to say about it. Mm -hmm. He's definitely feeling it. He's definitely feeling it.
2: And, and, you know, it So take like, like I said, soccer, like if, if somebody wants to play professional soccer, they're not coming to the MLS here in the United States to do that. They're doing premier league. They're doing, it's something overseas that they're doing with all of the hockey leagues out there. If you want to do professional sports, you are coming to the NHL. So the NHL is getting the best in the world to come and play in their league. That means something. Um, And the other thing that I don't understand by him is, you know, he, he's a boxing guy and boxing is, is really not, you know, if you're, if you're someone that follows boxing and you're going to put a dig on the NHL, that just seems like the pot calling the kettle black to me Um, because boxing has, is, is really kind of, and I don't mean this as a pun, but taking it on the chin, uh, you know, over (laughs) over the past several years, the, 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 the hype around boxing is very few and far between still have passionate people that really enjoy boxing but i defy a casual boxing fan to name five boxing boxers when exactly. that same that same person could turn around and name five hockey players i can almost guarantee that
3: um and, uh, like we had we uh Deontay Wilder, the champion in boxing for the longest time, is from here in Alabama. I hate to keep relating everything to where I'm living, but
2: <laughs> we have him.
3: He's he's from here, and honestly, until he became champion, no one could tell you a boxer around here, and the only reason they would watch is because he's a local talent, and mm-hmm. it's boxing has been on the decline for a long time, and. Nope, it's not as relevant as it used to be twenty, thirty years ago. There's bigger and better out there. And uh for him to come from a boxing background where that's what he's hyping up and saying the NHL doesn't have viewers, um that's that's a that's a rough pitch.
2: Well and and, and if, if your argument is how hockey stacks up against if you want to put it in the big four, how hockey stacks up against those other three you know, that that's an argument. It doesn't. And 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 you can't, you know, the, the, this, the stats are what they are. The viewership is what it is. NFL is the King and baseball and basketball fall underneath that. And hockey falls underneath that hockey is absolutely the fourth in the four major sports, but he, and, and he, I wish I saw the rest of the clip, uh, but who is he inserting in in place of hockey? It's definitely not soccer. Um, And he said team sport. So you can't throw UFC in there because that's not a team sport. So um, like, I don't know what his, who would replace it. And I I feel like it's just like, I think, I think what you said in the beginning is kind of true. I think he was going for a certain point um, and he completely flubbed it. And then he just went with what was on his mind because he didn't know how to Um, weasel his way through what he was trying to say. So he just said, everybody in in North America hates hockey, which is not true. It's a billion dollar sport. Um, Is it again on the level of the other big three? No, it's not. But it doesn't mean it's not relevant. It's incredibly relevant. It still has the, the and and you can go to, I know, casual, not even casual. Uh, hockey fans hockey fans that really don't have a lot of interest in hockey but they do when the playoffs come around because they that that is entertaining to them is playoff hockey so um, it maybe has a more broad appeal when the hockey playoffs come around especially the Stanley Cup and I don't think he was taking any of that into account into account he was just looking at numbers if he even looked at numbers maybe he was just going off gut feeling but I feel it was like a very uneducated uh, thing to say. And the other interesting thing is, and I, and I am not a fan of ESPN. I've jumped out the ESPN ship years ago. Uh, If you do not have a contract with ESPN, they do not care about you. And the interesting thing is word is, is out there that ESPN is going to negotiate for some piece of the pie when it comes to the NHL when the contract is up, I think in the 2021 season. So, you know, they're, they're, they're throwing the ring in the, their hat in the ring again for the NHL. And that changes everything because they tell their, their personalities, uh, push the sports that we have a contract with. It's documented. You it, it It's a fact. So, um, you know, that's still a couple of years away, but it was just a, a boneheaded thing to say, I think.
3: And I used to love the NHL on ABC and ESPN games. You had Gary Thorne and just the music. Um, those yeah, were man. good presentations and great games. And for them to be pulling this stance right now, especially with baseball potentially staring down the a lockout right now, with NBA and NHL both talking about coming back and there being a stalemate in Major League Baseball, when everything comes back, the nba and nhl are only going to grab the viewership from major league baseball that's not playing right now. Yep. So, baseball could be teetering on falling out of the top 4 altogether if they don't get this together. So, yeah, Kellerman, he's got he's got a uh, that was a baseless comment that he's getting grilled for.
2: Yep. And he hasn't come out and and I don't care if he apologizes. I mean, he really means nothing to me, but uh he has not made any comment yet based on the kind of pushback that he's gotten from it yet. And we'll see if he does. And I don't think he will. I think he's he's too arrogant, um and too kind of like nose up in the air to really make an apology. And I think if he does make some sort of apology it would be it'll be very like contrived and just weak. Um Yeah. But we'll see. He he might not say anything and like I said, I really don't I really don't care if he does or doesn't. But um that's just it's how ESPN handles hockey right now. And you can just look at the the number of analysts they have. Like for football, I think they have like 35 analysts. And for hockey, they have maybe like three or four. And, and that's, you know, again, that goes back to the popularity of football. I mean, is 35 to 40 a little excessive? Yeah. Um, and who are not... Uh, What's the word? They are they whoever they played for, they root for like exactly. Teddy Bruschi has never picked against New England Patriots. And go look at video. Never once has yep. Teddy Bruschi ever picked against New England Patriots. So uh, all, all everybody that works for them is just their home. It's not it's not journalism. It's just fandom is all really what it is. That's all I'm going to say on on that. If you want to say anything else, please feel free.
3: Oh no, no! He's definitely <laughs> said enough, and everybody's definitely sounding uh, off as well. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm completely done with that.
2: Right. All right. Um, moving towards avalanche stuff. So we, I mean, we talk pretty much every day. Um, and so obviously we, uh we know what's coming with hockey. First of all, let's back up. We have to talk about Built Bar because I need to get in our our sponsor. So. BuiltBar.com, like I said at the beginning of the show, go to BuiltBar.com, enter the promo code "Locked On" in the checkout, and receive ten dollars off your first order. Are you into energy bars and protein bars, Kyle?
3: Oh, absolutely! It gets me through my day. Really? Yeah.
2: Have Have you ordered from Built Bar yet?
3: I will be using that promo code tonight.
2: <laughs> I don't want to force you, but trust me when I tell you, like they 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 are excellent. Excellent energy bars. If uh who doesn't like a candy bar, right? You must are you a candy bar fan?
3: Um, absolutely. I'm a human. <laughs> exact right.
2: I mean you're a human, you're American. Uh you're, you you have to check out you can you can get a candy bar. Uh these could be in at the supermarket checkout and you wouldn't know that this is a protein bar. They taste exactly like a candy bar, made with real chocolate. Do you have a peanut allergy, Kyle, or no? I do not. If well, if you did, you wouldn't need to worry, you could still eat a built bar. They're made in a a factory that has no nuts, so worry free there, gluten free. They're insanely good for you, they taste insanely good. They have so many flavors. Chances are, uh, you will find a flavor that matches you, that matches your whatever you love. What's something that you like? What's kind of like a flavor that that you enjoy?
3: Um, Oh, I'm a peanut butter fan. Oh, big time! Yeah, oh,
2: you have options then, my friend. Uh, oh. Definitely, definitely go to builtbar.com, uh, and and you can have a a box that is a uh, random selection that you choose, or you can just pick one box of one flavor if you're lo- if you're loving one flavor. So, absolutely go to builtbar.com. Like I said, enter the promo code locked on in the checkout, ten dollars off your first order.
0: My name is Paul Stewart, a third-generation Irishman from Dorchester, Mass. I made it to the NHL as both a player and a referee. I was even elected to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. When I was skating, I had my share of lumps and bumps. I gave a few back, too. As a stand-up old-school guy, I've always been hesitant to try fads, but recently I became a big fan of a company called Easy Feeling Wellness. A hockey buddy sent me 1,000 milligrams of intensive relief rub. Easy Feeling markets a line of natural plant-based hemp extract products, including gummies, soft gels with melatonin, and tinctures. Their motto is to enjoy every day, which all of us banged-up baby boomers and old skaters can relate to. Easy Feeling products are non-addictive. They don't get you high, and they're perfectly legal. Give Easy Feeling a try by going to easyfeelingwellness.com. They will even give you 20% off your first order by using my special code, PS20. Easy feeling wellness and joy every day.
2: Okay. now we're gonna get back to Avalanche stuff. Uh, so like we said, the we know what we're getting whenever we get hockey back. I did a write up on Mile High sticking about who I'd like to see the Avalanche play. Um, you can go check that out if you're so inclined are there any teams that you are wanting the avalanche to play for whatever reason for, because it'd be a good test or because it'd be maybe a little bit on the easier side for a first round, just getting back into the swing of things, uh, come playoff time.
3: Well, I absolutely agree with what you said about matching up with Minnesota and putting them to bed. That would be great. Um, even though, um, They've kind of played us kinda close this year. It's been they've been a little trickier than what the record shows. And they're coming back completely healthy. So Minnesota would be tricky. The one that I think would be extremely interesting and scares me the most that not a lot of people are talking about, I really don't want to get a draw with Arizona. Really? Yeah.
2: And why is that?
3: They have even before they got Taylor Hall, they have always they've had this level of just grittiness to them and the way they constructed the lineup and stellar goalie play. Like, I mean, they don't, their record has never been um, amazing and something to beat the drum about, but Arizona, especially with Taylor Hall and for free agency, we get a potential peek at what he looks like against us. Mm-hmm. But Arizona really, they match up well with Colorado. And I think that would be a fantastic seven game series just throwing that out there
2: yeah i think it would be a good series i know arizona i feel focuses more on the defensive side of things um and they'll just like kind of like lull you to sleep Uh, they're almost like the islanders like the islanders are a very very boring team to watch but they're just very like sound and they're very skilled in all different phases of the game and then they just beat you one to nothing which, hey, look at that. I that, thought they did beat the Avalanche one to nothing. How about that?
3: Yes. The, they remind me of those Marty Brodeur New Jersey Devil teams with the way they um, handle defense. And if they can position themselves in a way where they can slow down the speed of our top lines, I feel like that would be an interesting stalemate. And put it in, putting it straight on the goalie's backs, that's what kind of scares me. It's, especially if you get yeah. Nate McKinnon thrown off his groove Um, and you get in his head a little bit, that's where you can start to crack the avalanche.
2: Yes. Yeah, I mean, he obviously makes that whole team go. um, Or at least he did, you know, this year with all the injuries. Um, But do you think it would be different with a 100% healthy avalanche team and and you have, you know, three and a half (laughs) solid lines, that are uh, constantly coming at you and eventually you think that defense might just break down a little bit after the course of a 60-minute game?
3: Well, see, another thing that scares me to death about this long break with the Avs, do you remember how long it took Nate McKinnon to get back going after the All-Star break? This year? Yes. Yes.
2: Um. God, that was so long ago. night right now. Well, yeah. Um, valid,
3: valid point. Valid point. Still so like <laughs> three years ago. But he went through a little ghosting spell where it was like that little trip and that little break. It was hard to get back in the swing of things, and that's why I'm interested to see where this phase two how long it takes, how long they get their feet back under them. If we come out just kind of s- slowly getting back to normal. I feel like a team like Arizona with that defense, that grit, if we're coming out slow and they're already on pristine defense, I feel like it's hard for us, especially, to get it going.
2: Yeah, definitely. And and I think only, the, you know, for the Avalanche, they're getting three games. Like, we know that. They're getting three games before they play their round. Um, And there's a possibility of whoever they're going to play could have – played five and that's big that that is a that is a a a big difference you know those two games could be huge for that team um going into a a series with colorado and then you know colorado might need an extra two games before they get going and who knows they might be down two to nothing pretty quickly Um, you had given me some news before we hit record here in the NHL moving into phase two?
3: Yes. <clears throat> starting June eighth. Um phase two is we've got the green light. So that, that's Monday. That is uh that is Monday. All right. And the uh the phase requiring well you can have your training camps open or your training facilities open. Um six players on the ice practicing, but those doors are opened. Um, okay. I I believe they're not letting uh personnel and coaches on the bench. It's just basically That's a what six I heard. man yeah. team skate. Yeah, right. six man team skate for phase two and they're gonna do this for a little while and then I think phase three I think we're gonna get everything going by end of July, first August. But phase two will be starting Monday.
2: Okay. And
3: oh and, and th- also they will reseed after the qualifying round.
2: That I did hear as well. Uh, that part I heard that they're going to reseed, which uh, I'm okay with. In, in a way, I was kind of wanting them to go bracket style because everything else is crazy about this whole thing that's going on, and you know this whole 24 team playoff. Why not just blow the whole thing up and make it bracket style? But um, I had a feeling they were going to go back to reseeding.
3: Yeah. so that that was announced in tandem with the phase two um announcement so and then that was phase the wire today
2: phase three is training camps i believe right yes that is then, your
3: that is your, uh quarantined with the team um yeah. training camps, and that and will then, go on for three weeks at least,
2: yeah, and then phase four is games, i believe yes
3: right straight to your hub city and begin play.
2: Where are you going with in hub cities? What's your prediction with those?
3: I think it's going to be Vegas and Vancouver. uh, And I think Vegas
2: is, uh, seems like that's like a consensus pick. And the other one is kind of like all over the place. So you're going with Vancouver. Why, why Vancouver?
3: They had the winter Olympics in 2010 and they were already set up and they still have those facilities. Um,
2: that is a very good point
3: be, they're set up for that style of play like i said this is this is this tournament's going to be more like a world uh junior hockey tournament mm-hmm. so it's set up for all those teams to be quarantined in the facilities they mm-hmm. have the the ice facilities they have everything you need at vancouver um i don't hear a lot of people talking about vancouver but it's 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 a possibility. I think the only reason they haven't announced the hub city is that two week mandatory quarantine going into Canada. Yeah. And I think they're waiting on that to possibly see if that gets relaxed or lifted or if they can deem hockey as an essential function where they mm. can bypass that. But I I think just to be fair, you need to have one American city, one Canadian city.
2: That yes, I agree with that. And are you trying to tell me that they would deem hockey non-essential in Canada?
3: Uh, I I would hope not. <laughs> I know, right? You're just trying. I'm trying to find a loophole to make this work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think
2: I think a lot of people are thinking that. Like one American city, one Canadian city. I'm just thinking, you know, one on the eastern side, one on the western side. Uh, but they very well could do kind of to more towards the western side, you know, in a Vegas and a Vancouver. But it seems like Vegas, you know, obviously Vegas has the hotels, so yes, that's not an issue. I don't know what their facilities are like, uh, um, you know, outside of where the Golden Knights play. But I don't know. They said they wouldn't. They didn't really want to go to like colleges, so I don't know what like UNLV has. But some of these colleges have like state of the art uh facilities. So and I don't I don't know anything about UNLV if they even have a hockey team, but um
3: And we'll I see. know I know in I know in Bettman's initial uh return to play press conference he mentioned um team personnel of a of fifty person limit. So if you go back to a twenty four times fifty, you need something with significant housing For these teams right and that's that's why i would consider vegas and vancouver because those are built for crowds of that nature
2: yeah the the olympic angle is very true i didn't even think about that so it's already there uh and those things don't get used a lot after the olympics leave you know here and there they get used but um that's a very good point so maybe maybe vancouver is a little bit higher up on the list so um All right, so kind of one more thing I wanted to get to before we call it a day, and we don't know what's going on with uh, the award season. I don't believe think like they they've talked about it, but not dates or anything like that. I can't imagine they would have the full blown award show like they normally do. Maybe they will. Um, but who are the avalanche players that should be getting awards? And I think you know. Obviously you you have the Kale McCarr with rookie of the year and Nathan McKinnon in with the MVP. Does uh, you know, I think Joe Sackick is going to run away with the GM award. And I don't hear Jared Bednar talked enough about for the, the Jack Adams Award, but and he should be. But um are those kind of like the only players that you feel are deserving, or is there anybody that kind of sticks out to you as players that should be looked at? award season when it comes to the avalanche
3: well you got to give stick taps to ryan graves for that plus minus this year um yeah phenomenal numbers in that regard um but honestly anywhere else i think that i think you've touched on everyone that should be up for awards um and i do agree bednar is not talked enough especially for as we mentioned earlier in the show that his trajectory that he's had since he started in the dark season. Um, he's never really mentioned for Jack Adams and it's something that seriously should be examined. Um, and I'd like to hear anybody else's uh, <laughs> their pitch for why he shouldn't, because I wholeheartedly disagree.
1: But,
2: yeah. Um, and, and the the one year he was up for it, the only reason he didn't get it is because that was Vegas's, first season um, yeah. which you know it's different now with with uh, expansion teams like they, they don't you know the way that it was set up for them was to be successful right away so I think people were still hanging on the fact that they were the quote-unquote expansion team and did as well as they did um, I don't think anybody expects them to go that far but um, when you think expansion team you think that first year they're going to be scraping the bottom of the barrel, and the league set it up for them to not be that team. So I feel like he Avalanche. got kind of got shafted in that first year he was up for it. He hasn't been up for it since then, um, and he doesn't get like you're saying. Like he, what is it with with Avalanche coaches? They just don't get the notoriety uh, that they should. And I think Bednar is a shining example of that.
3: Yeah, it's uh, the last one to win it for us was Patrick Waugh, 13-14. Yep. And, uh, yeah, and I think Bednar is extremely deserving, especially what he, where he started with this team and where he has it now. Um, I really think it's a fantastic coaching and GM job on both fronts. So those would be the two that I would point out. But, yeah, Nate, MVP caller but
2: i wonder if the season would have played out and if the avalanche would have beaten out uh st louis for the division if bednar would have then got a little bit more notoriety for
3: oh absolutely for, for
2: taking out not taking out but you know finishing ahead of the defending champions uh oh, I, 1, think, 000, I think i think
3: one thousand percent
2: yeah i think it would have happened so I don't know. We will see with with all of that, but uh, we are going to call it a call it a day right here, my friend. All right. Oh, shoot. Oh, sorry. Somebody text me. All right. So, uh, yeah. Well, Kyle, thank you for coming on the show once again. Absolutely. And uh, again, check him out over at MileHighSticking uh, that article on coaching should be out today, if not tomorrow. And throw out the Twitter handle because I love the Twitter handle.
3: Uh, the Twitter handle is at Shaggy Von Doom.
2: Wonderful. I, I don't know why it's just it rolls off the tongue. I feel.
3: It, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's unique. <laughs> yes,
2: absolutely. It, th- that was that was definitely not taken. Uh, you didn't have to no. put a one or anything after after that because nobody's <laughs> going to come up with that one.
3: Yeah, just the mental picture of Shaggy from Scooby-Doo and Victor Von Doom's mask is just (laughs) hard
2: shake. I love it. All right, Kyle, again, I appreciate you coming on. Always love
1: when you do. Uh, And we're going to be back right after this. Don't Luca now, but the Los Angeles Clippers might be in trouble. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Sources tell ESPN's Adam Schefter that Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson missed two training camp practices due to a groin injury. Listen to Locked On Ravens for the latest on the reigning MVP and why the team released Earl Thomas. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: All right, once again, Kyle Sullivan. I uh, love talking to him because he's such a passionate Hockey fan and, of course, passionate Avalanche fan. So definitely check out his story, which uh, might be up right now when you're listening to this, depending on when you're listening to it, but uh, milehighsticking.com. And if you want to do that, if you want to be on the Fan Friday segment, like I said in the beginning of the show, get a hold of me. Avalanche at gmail.com or or over on Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore avalanche so that's going to be it for today that's going to be it for this week and I want to send a wonderful loving shout out to the little girl that says go abs go at the end of every single avalanche show my daughter Jovi she is four years old today so happy birthday to my amazing daughter I love you so much and uh, that's going to be it for this week guys thanks for listening we'll see you next week Go, Abs, go. Here's Jovi.
0: Go, Abs, go.